the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenku Jack got it there. Cenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. It was the best win of the Mitchell era to date. A clinical four-quarter performance by Hawthorne where you would have been confused to who was first on the ladder and who was 16th. Matt, it's great to join you on another week's edition of the Hawthorne Fancast. It's great to be back again for another week of the Hawthorne Fancast and even better to be back after a win like that. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of feels like we've derailed Collingwood season. A win like that four-quarter effort we haven't really seen anything like that all year apart from glimpses and to bring it on the biggest stage in front of a massive home crowd where a finals like atmosphere was brilliant yeah and i think if you ask most hawks fans this was the game we really wanted to win absolutely and to win in the fashion we did it's just one of the best days out the footy you can have as a hawks fan this year really absolutely what did you make of it so we obviously won in clinical fashion where did we win it? How did we win it? Well, first of all, you've got to go straight to the centre clearances. 18 to 3 centre clearances throughout the game. After we conceded four direct goals in the first quarter against Saints last week, it was an amazing performance by the midfield group. All of them performed well. Nashi had 31 touches. Will Day had 29. John Newcomb had 28. Even Wingard got 26. And Warble got 23 with the most pressure act. So all mids performed their roles really well. We just made them look like a second-grade midfield, really. Was it a focus during the week, think about it, that St Kilda scored five goals in the first quarter last week from centre clearances, and then we've only managed to let Collingwood get three for the whole game? Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And a big shout-out to Ned Reeves, who I think we bash on the pod probably more than any other player this year. Uh, he was pretty good today, um, well, on Sunday, with his uh, hit-out work, or Saturday, sorry, with his hit-out work, he kicked a goal, he took a few marks, so everyone in that midfield group performed well. But look, I'm going to go away from just the midfield group as well. Our whole team performance, the pressure was up. Our work rate was probably the highest I've seen this year and our intensity was there. Honestly, we were the best team from the first minute to the last. Even with their goals, I thought a lot of them, they kicked out of their ass. really. We were the better team across the whole day. Exactly. There was an Elliott goal out of his ass, a Geordie Dugowie goal out of his ass. Um, and it was just, we, we can talk about our midfield dominance all day, but I don't think there's a player on the ground that wouldn't have got a pass mark for their performance. Nah, I think probably the closest you wouldn't give a pass mark to is maybe Cam McKenzie, who only came on and got three touches, or Seamus Mitchell, who was serviceable, I'll say. Before we get into our votes, we'll talk about some just big moments of the game. And yes. Probably my favourite moment of the game was in the middle of the last quarter when Collingwood was streaming forward. A handball was just lobbed to Geordie Dugowie. He was running full steam, could have just given it off, but no, Scrimshaw was a brick wall right in front of him. Poleaxed him, holding the ball, and you just knew it was our day from then on. Yeah, I celebrated like a house on fire on that tackle. That was fantastic by Scrim, who's done well to get back into the team after a great Box Hill performance last week. He responded well to getting dropped, and now hopefully he retains his spot for the rest of the season, as he should be, because that was a fantastic moment, and all Hawks fans went absolutely nuts for that one. Loved it. Did you have a moment of the game, or did you share the same? Yeah, I had a, I had a few moments of the game. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's just too many to choose from, really, isn't there? I'm just trying to think what, what my one moment would be. I'd probably say John Newcomb's tackle on Markov yeah. was just fantastic to me. They looked like they were out there. He just 
just watching his little legs just run so hard to smash him there, I just thought it was fantastic. But that was uh, just one of many you could really pull out from that game. There was there was heaps. I think the sliding doors moment of that game is Collingwood obviously got two goals in the second quarter uh, from free kicks. Yeah. Um, they got the first one and then there was a bit of a scuffle and Nick Dacos just flopped like a sack of potatoes and won himself a free kick, kicked the goal, celebrated like he won them the game and then we won the next centre clearance. Morrison got on the end of it and the crescendo of the MCG went up and about just because we've struggled all season Yeah, when we've got a run on of four or five goals against us and we haven't been able to respond. And there were twice moments in that quarter where... That was the third quarter, sorry. I said the second before, where they got two runs of goals and yep. then we responded and they got another two runs of goals, which was that sequence of play, and we responded again. Yeah, it was a perfect response. And you you only need to cast your eyes back two weeks ago when we got done by Richmond in the last quarter and we were talking so much about that, that about that game, about how in the last quarter we couldn't respond to their onslaught of goals. And to have those momentum breaker goals are so important. And it came from center clearance. Again, James Wolper had a great center clearance there. Because uh, it's gathered it to Moore, to Morrison. It's just fantastic to see our team already improving in moments like those. Well, what did I say two weeks ago? I said that we would never lose like that again. We were 26 points up at three-quarter time. Less than what we were against Richmond a fortnight ago. And you just knew you had this feeling, a different confidence about the team. That they were going to respond in the right way. And the way that we responded in that last quarter where we would take the stoppage or we'd play slow when we needed and chew up some time and play some smart footy, find the free man. And we weren't playing this manic game of footy that we've tried to play all season mm. when the game's tough. Think about even early in the season when we played GWS and we just lost, when we played Adelaide and just lost. We were still trying to take the game on really fast when there's just times in games we need to suck it out. Yeah. And we did that well. Yeah, you just have a feeling that this season is going to be looked back upon, back upon in a couple of years as the year where we took really big lessons from this Absolutely. season that helped propel us for the next sort of five to 10 years. Cause some of the lessons we've had this year, close losses, heartbreakers, chokes. And then you have this game where you take it up to first and ladder. You beat, you comfortably beat them. We probably should have won by even more in the end and everyone plays well. I mean, imagine what this is going to do to the boys confidence going in from here. Absolutely. I mean, this is the win we had to have, um, and against the ladder leaders, to d- dismantle them the way we did yeah. was excellent. I think just on that, how good was our defence? Obviously, Sam Frost mm. goes out yep. this week after a shocking weekend last week against the Saints. Um, there was probably no real matchup for him anyway with Majacek nah. and McStay, which Blank and Sis and Scrims could all cover themselves. But talk about some of one-on-one efforts. How good was Weddle in the back line? He had some yep. good moments. He even got up forward to kick the nice goal. That was a ripper. And also, flank. I think Hardwick won the battle against Jamie Elliott yeah. despite letting Elliott kick three goals. One was a junk time goal. Um, one was out of his absolute arse. Yeah, yeah. And probably the only credible goal was his, was his first one yeah. where Hardwick was just a little bit off him. Uh, but he did so many things, Hardwick, where if he didn't take that one-handed mark or that contested one-on-one mark, then it was out the back. And they he was one out inside 50 against Elliot and countless times. And if he didn't win the contest, he halved them. And those one-on-one efforts was exactly why everyone inside of the walls of the Hawthorne Footy Club put Blake Hardwick's magnet on the board first at team selection. Yeah, good old reliable he is, Hardwick. One-handed marks, high pressure, chase down tackles. He was fantastic. Sicily was at, at 
astronomically good across the weekend. He had some just incredible stats. If, if you just look here, I mean, come on, 37 touches, 89% efficiency, 19 marks. Incredible. He was is uh, a general back there. And probably, I'm going to make a big call, but our best performing captain since Luke Hodge. Absolutely. Yeah, he, no doubt. Leading from the front, he was fantastic. He marshaled that back line all day long. Um, I thought Blank was extremely underrated this game. I thought he did a fantastic job. McStay looked like a, quite a presence at times, and Blank did enough to just shut him down at, mm-hmm. at key moments. Agreed. Scrimshaw set up heaps. We already mentioned him before. Um, I thought uh, Impey worked his well into the game quite well Second as the game worked good. on. Yep. yep. And he's had a bit of a, I'd say maybe a bit of a form dip. Josh Ward works back into the defense extremely well, almost like as an extra defender wingman. A lot of his touches were in the back half, weren't yeah. they? Deep. And I've seen that a bit from him this season. And we've criticized him, or at least I have in the far uh, in the past, of being a bit vanilla and taking the first option. But some of the some of the decisions he made on the weekend was some of his best football he's played. But it's not the first decision. It, he he kicks that ball. And then he runs to be the next option as yeah, well. Yeah, that's so right. He's a, yeah. he's a really good link-up player. Him and Dylan Moore, the hardest-working players on the list. 100%. Speaking about defence, though, we can't go past defending without talking about Finn McGuinness's job on Nick oh. Dacos. What would you make of it? Absolutely. I thought we'd be going through our votes and talking about him there, but I'll touch on it. Is It's not just his tag on, on Dacos, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute. It's, it's the leadership he provides as well. He's... He's a fringe player, but he plays as if he's part of the leadership group. Yeah, yep. And he has a real presence about him on the he's got field. a good head on his shoulders, isn't he? Absolute fantastic head on his shoulders. For a guy that probably doesn't impact the game with the ball in hand, he does so much defensive things, i.e. the tag on Davos yeah. and plenty of other things, that he's such an important player to this side. Yeah. And they're 22 that he earns another contract, absolutely. Yeah, and look, that's a bit of a change of tune from what we've spoken about here on the pod for the last sort of 10 or so weeks. And I'll uh, I'll take an opportunity, I guess, to speak to that, is Finn was a player I thought the need to add more strings to his bow. Probably still true, but if you're that good at one thing, that you're the best in the league... He does deserve another contract because he can be quite a weapon for our club. So, yes, I agree. Finch should get a contract extension. Uh, but I think it's fantastic that he's found his niche in the team right now. He's found a way to get into the list because he's not going to get into the list on midfield talent. We've got too many good mids in there. Yeah. Even the wing. Every position is pretty much taken that he could play, bar maybe the sub role. So it's great that he's found his in. We spoke about it earlier in the year about Connor McDonald trying to find in the team who couldn't get inside mid. He's made that half-forward position his own. Josh Ward's made a wing his own. Players are starting to find out if you want to get into the team, you have to sort of make... Have to be versatile. You have to, exactly. You have to fit in somewhere, even if someone's in front of you. Uh, so that's great to see. And it was also good to see, on a side note, to see Cozzy come back into the team and actually put in a he really good huge. shift as well. It was good. The three-person forward line was fantastic. The three-tall forward line was awesome. I loved it. Having Brandon Ryan, big Stixie Ryan, Cozzy and Lewis back, uh, down there, the ball hit the deck so many times. For That's why Lukey Bruce and those sort of players got a lot of crummy goals. I think there was a lot of Hawthorne fans who were a bit angry with selection this week, Yeah, um, which is ironic because two of the ins were huge in both Cozzy and Morrison. Yeah, Morrison was fantastic. Morrison was awesome. Kicked two important goals in the third quarter and in a quarter where we just had to get that momentum back and build a lead. And that, as I said before, that goalie kicked to break Collingwood's run of a couple goals was absolutely huge. It was a sliding doors moment. He just works himself into awesome positions. He's got mm. the best positioning yeah. at the club. He just knows where to be. 
and he provides leadership and he did a lot of great efforts of tackling his man over the boundary and holding up play for stoppages and just really mature things that you'd expect from a, an 86 game or how many, however many games he's played. Yeah, and it's a good point on Morrison. We've had a, a bit of a chat about him over, over the months is where does he sort of fit into things? And I think it's great when a player who looks like he's on his way out, like Chad Wingard, who we'll get to in, in a little bit, comes in and really just makes the most of his opportunity. He didn't do much wrong to Morrison. And if he got dropped next week, I'd be very disappointed because you can't do much more than that and, get, and not be in the team next week. So well done, Morrison. Two goals. You were fantastic on the wing. I thought I think he's been his best game probably in the last five or so years, really. Absolutely. Let's get to our three, two, ones. No surprises who's at three. And mm-hmm. I'm just assuming you're the same because how can it not be James Sisley? Yeah. 98 and- marks, 37 touches. The general back there, he was clean all game long. He stood up for the boys. He was everywhere. I think he had 26 disposals at halftime, which yeah. is huge. He had 14 in the first quarter. Yeah. He set the tone straight away. And some of those balls he was delivering in the first quarter were so dangerous. In the corridor, getting runs on. He set up that first goal to Dylan Moore by having a nice little run, getting past two <laughs> How was that? Players. He burned both of them. It was fantastic. Absolutely. He even got. Um, he even went forward at one stage and uh, tapped it right in front of Mitch <laughs> Lewis, who crumbed a goal. That was an awesome goal. The Crowd snap out went of the pack. absolutely nuts. Yeah, he's so dangerous with ball in hand. I think Mitchell... Couldn't have summed it up better in the press conference if he wanted to again. He's not just a great defender. You want the ball in his hands because he just slingshots us off halfback so well. He was hitting targets like crazy. I don't know why they didn't put anyone to him. I can't think of why. After Cooper Sharman did a great job on him last week. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Well, it was a dangerous day to, boy, to be an All-Australian selector, wasn't it? Because they're, they're not going to want to pick him. They, they have they, to. They have to. They don't have an excuse this year. Oh. Yes, he's missed four games. Last year was a robbery. But Oh, you can't deny. Don't don't you love uh, Mitch going to bat for him in the presser afterwards? Absolutely. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, you can't miss him for All-Australian. He'll be on the All-Australian halfback line for sure. I'm going two with uh, Finn McGuinness. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, so I won vote for the Finn. Yeah, I'm going two. I think uh, all week we heard that Nick Tacos was untaggable. I went to footy with a friend that said that if Nick Dacos got under 25 disposals, she'd shout us dinner. And you got the dinner, didn't you? I got the dinner. You got the bag. Not only did he have under 25 disposals, he had five disposals. That's incredible. <laughs> he had one from a kick out. Yeah. Two from free kicks. And one broken knee. And one broken knee. <laughs> <laughs> and one salty brother. Yeah, literally. <laughs> He had two legitimate possessions for the game. Yeah. Finn clamped him. How is he not in your two votes yeah. when I've just said all of that? And, and two soft free kicks as well. Connor Nash's oh. tackle was a good tackle. And Seamus Mitchell dropped him before wanting to get subbed off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But you know what? I love that that play happened in front of those Collingwood nuffies. I love how they all got up and about. Nick Dacos celebrated like he just won his first ever grand final. And... Then Morrison cut, kicks back and we just blow the game away and he gets subbed off. And look, I don't wish an injury on anyone. Just prepping no, no, that. No, absolutely. Uh, he's a great player, Nick Dacos, and Finn definitely showed him the respect he deserves. The only reason why I didn't give Finn the two votes was because he got injured last quarter. But other than that, Finn did everything he yeah, could well, have done. Yeah, well, that's not Finn's fault. Finn, nah, it's Blaine's fault. <laughs> Finn, came, <laughs> Finn came with a plan and he executed it perfectly. He, Dacos didn't get off the chain at all didn't show anything and if you're shutting down the best player 
on the ground to that ability. I don't care if he says he came into the game injured. I reckon that's actually a lot of bullshit. He was running fucking... Did you say that? He, yeah, he came, came da- into the game injured. Nick Dacos reckons he came into the game underdone. Oh, that's your fault then. To, you, and like, you don't, don't play. Yeah. And there was a moment, and we were watching the replay before, and we saw that Dacos got injured by James Blank, who just stood still, to be honest, and Dacos just took his momentum into him. But, okay, we can blame Blank for that anyway. Um, Dacos... When I went down to the rooms, maybe like literally 10 minutes after that. Yep. And then he came back on. And during that time, they sub off Tom Mitchell. Yeah, dumbest a decision fit, to a have. Fit player. Yeah, they had three people on the, injured on the bench in the last quarter. Well, that's your oh. fault. Sub him off. We just derailed Collingwood season. Absolutely. Feels good. They were too worried about where to put Nick Dacos. Oh, we, we, we'll chuck him in the middle. We'll chuck him on the wing. We'll chuck him at full forward. And he can play on Josh Weddle. And then Finn McGuinness swaps with Josh Weddle because Finn doesn't want to get by him by out of his sight. Took yeah. him on a nice date, did Finn McGuinness. It's, it's a good point because Collingwood are obviously in an amazing position in the season. Yeah. Being two games clear. But do you reckon that they're at that stage now where they're, yeah is up for grabs because, they, I mean, look, they're, they're not going to just automatically now become a bad team and lose all their games. I'm no, not saying that. No. But, but it does throw the premiership race upside down. They must hate us right now. They must be furious with us. I think, like, Carlton beat them, but we beat them in a different fashion. Yeah. We dismantled them. Yeah. From the first We deserve to win by more. First be- exactly. About 40, 50 points that win could have been. We missed a few easy shots at goal as well. I'm not saying they didn't. They did. Um... But we dismantled them from the first bounce of the final siren. We worked through them. We had so many uncontested possessions. I think we had over 100 more disposals than what they did. Yep. Just dominated the play. More inside 50s. Killed him in the centre clearances. Our midfield absolutely dominated. That Pretty much, if you put a lot of pressure on Collingwood and win it out of the middle, I don't think their midfield in the centre bounce is strong. I think they lack a lot of leg speed. Yeah. Similar to what people were saying about us a few years ago. Yeah, and they Amira were right. and Mitchell were slow in there with Warple. Now we've rejuvenated that with Day and, and uh, Newcomb who were a little bit quicker. And, and Collingwood just looked like us a couple of years ago. They've got Penelbury, Mitchell, Adams, Dugowie. They're all plodders. What a, what a mood it was to see. That image of Tom Mitchell on the boundary, with injured, Nick off injured. Watching on as his team had just got beaten in the centre clearance, 18 to 3. What an image that is. I mean, when you really think about how how far our midfield has come with Jago, Mira, Tom Mitchell departing at the end of last year and we're copying it for that all summer. And you look at it now and all we need is a revitalised midfield. Faster, younger, more hungry players. You just realise how much we were kind of maybe wasting them away when we could have probably traded them out years before. We've had some fines, though. We've had some great mids. And speaking of fines, in my second vote, I've got uh, Will Day, who I thought was Bond-like this game with his 14 contested possessions, seven clearances, eight inside 50s, and I think he racked up about 29 touches in the end. He was the most damaging mid on the day. The only knock is some of his inside 50s were a bit dumps. If he improves on that, he's going to be the complete player because right now he's our most damaging mid if he gets up and about. Honorable mentions to every other mid on the ground, though. Connor Nash... Newcomb was huge in the game. But Will Day, for me, just spinning out of tackles, bursting through plays, hitting the ball at such speed. He's so clean. Uh, The move, Mitchell's coaching every game just makes me more excited. He's finding players in these different positions that are just working out. Like Nashi went in the midfield after previous being a a medium-sized forward. forward. Uh, Will Day... He sort of mixed it, missed a fix it, but I liked him having more midfield minutes because I think that's where he's most damaging. Yeah. Um, and I think having Scrimshaw in the game can help plug that hole anyway. Uh, so, yeah, 
I had date number two. Just needs to work on his goal kicking. Had a pretty nice, yeah. easy shot. Yeah, he, he doesn't improve on the set at shots. an important time as well. I've gone one. Obviously, you went one with McGuinness. I went one, Chad Wingo. Good call. I had him as an honourable mention. I reckon that he's last, since he's come back into the side, his last month and a half of footy has been exceptional. Everything he touched on the weekend turned to gold. He had so many nice little quick handballs and just created so many plays for us. We're scoring a lot more goals this year, and Chad Wingard is the reason why. In, yeah. the, in this in this last period of footy, this last month of footy, we've had much higher scores since since the Carlton game, and Wingard is literally the reason for that. Yeah, I haven't seen form like this from Wingard since it's I think the best the end of the twenty twenty one season. It's the best he was, he's played for the club. Yeah, it's fantastic. He's so he was so clean on the weekend. Every everything he did turned to gold, and he he's so much more confident in his body. And all I can think about, and kind of gets me kind of annoyed, is if his body just held up for all these years, we would have seen so much more quality Chad Wingard. Well, I mean, if he if he plays this consistent, we get return. That's but right. He's yeah. just come a little bit too late. He need he needs another year. Right, you have got to give him another year. You can't not. I think last week Hawthorne fans were like, "Oh yeah, we'll probably sign him up for another year." And this week's just confirmed that we need to sign him. Yeah, up. that's right. Yeah, he's every, it was every game he's building on it, and they're different kind of games because at first it was like you know doing some damaging things, doing some chase down tackles, maybe kicking a couple of goals a game. But what is it? You have twenty six touches, I think he had. Twenty six. Yep. Yeah, just fantastic. You know, just, he was everywhere. Um, I wish he had got on the end of a goal. It would be nice to he see him. Sort of, but the long sleeves, love, love the long sleeves. And he's just that mercurial talent that we don't really have any others on the, in the club. And I called last week for Brockman to be dropped after his lack of intent. If you want a player who's playing with intent right now, take a good look at Chad Wingard right now, who's playing for a job next year. And the, I think that's the perfect thing is the knock on Chad Wingard through his whole time at Hawthorne is his laziness. Yeah. Is his ability not to chase, not to put on pressure. Yeah. And I think he thrives effort. in the big games as well. Absolutely. But the last few weeks, even when we played North a few weeks ago, Saints last yeah, week, he was that's brilliant. Right. Some of the tackles that he's putting on and the pressure he's putting on is creating goals. It's not just what he's doing with the ball. It's what he's doing without the ball. And, and his ability to find some space and positioning and getting to the ball is awesome. He's He's been elite. Like, this is the Chad of 2013 to 2015 that Port had that was winning them games. We're finally getting that Chad. We're getting him late, but we need him next year. Absolutely. Fantastic. Also, just before we move on from players, I know we've just done our 3 2 ones, but just want to give some special mentions to some other players on the ground. Luke Bruce turned back the clock again, kicked another three goals. He's, he's, like, nine he's on his way in to two 50. Games. Yeah, he's been fantastic. I think he's, I read the other day, he's on his highest average goals per game since 2014. Now, you think about we were in our peak era then, hitting targets and stuff 50 for fun. That is just fantastic return right now. Wasn't this guy meant to drop off? He's yeah, in every year they say form. that. He's in three-peak form. He's in all-Australian yeah. form. He's yeah, he, he's a sneaky all-Australian chance right now, 100%. Oh, yeah. He might get to 50. If he gets to 50 goals, yeah. they can't ignore him. Yeah, they can't. So, he yeah. has to kick eight in three games. Yeah. And he's kicked nine in the last two. Yeah. So, it's possible. When's someone going to lap him in, in our top goal kicking? Because every year he gets it. I know, but like, I mean, to be fair, should have been Mitch Lewis's year. He's missed, set he missed seven, six, seven games. Yeah, Bruce has still missed the three or four though. Yeah, I, I think I, Mitch I wonder, Lewis has a yeah. higher goal average. Just. He might, and as expected from a key forward. But yeah. Jesus, that's a that's a season. Um, I thought Dylan Moore was fantastic. He had two opening goals of the game. He was set uh, the tone. Yeah, set he, the tone. he ran the most kilometers. Speaking of kilometers, we out we out 
ran them by 10 kilometers this game. Double digits. That's incredible. I work really rate. knocked down. And you could tell rate. the work rate because we just we transitioned the ball so easy from our defense to offense this game. It was it was amazing. Uh, also, special mention to Mitch Lewis who had ten marks, Where? which was he worked his way up the ground a lot. Um, Sticks Ryan got three goals on the big stage. Yeah, I want to uh, talk about Sticks, and and I think we can talk about Mitch Lewis, Sticks, even Cozzy hand in hand. As you say that Mitch Lewis got ten marks and he got him up the ground. Now that's not possible. If Sticks and Cozzy yeah. aren't playing, it was so a different kind of balance, wasn't it? That was the best forward line structure we have seen all year. I want to keep it for the rest of the year because the ability for Ryan to stay back, and he's a genuine target. He's a little bit awkward, a little bit unorthodox, but he's a genuine target. Yeah. Him and Cozzy back there with Mitch Lewis up the ground works. Daddy long arms. Absolutely. No, no, it's fine. And that's what we were crying out for when Lewis was injured at the start of the season is for Cozzy to have some relief. And Ryan would have been perfect for that at the start of the year. He reminds me of a wacky inflatable arm man. <laughs> a wacky arm inflatable tube man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. You know the ones outside of like car dealerships and stuff? Yeah. He's got these long, lanky arms. He looks like a prey mantis. <laughs> he runs around the forward he's line sticking awkward. his hand in everything. The, the the forward line crummers must love him because he's going to get his hands to every ball. I mean, he can crumb as well. Remember Bruce <laughs> soccered one oh. to him? Instead of soccering it off the ground, he decides to just lunge over, pick yeah, it yeah. up so cleanly and keep one of the cleanest goals you've Speaking ever seen. Speaking of Brewster's cross, Matilda's eat your heart out. Jesus, Absolutely. what was that to play? We had some amazing players, didn't we, throughout this game. Um, so, yeah, no, good call. And it look, and it's a massive far cry from at the start of the year when we had one key forward playing, or no key forwards, when we just had Fergus Green running around. Exactly. So it's quite incredible to see we played our first game with three key forwards, and I expect that to stay the same until the experiment fails. It's good to see all the people that need a contract are definitely playing for one. So, yeah, or oh, except for maybe Tyler Brockman and Emerson Jekyll. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd, yeah, yeah, I think it, that card's about stamped, don't you think? Absolutely. Yep. Um, all right, should we move on to the next game? Absolutely. Or? We're going to Tassie on Sunday. We're not, but Hawthorne are, and we're facing the dogs. It would be nice if we were. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, need to do an away day, even though it's a home game. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make about this one. Hmm. Bulldogs had an awesome win. Uh, against Richmond on Friday night. Yeah. Richmond don't really play at Marvel too well, but their first quarter was awesome. Jamara Hagen had four goals in the first quarter, it ripped them to pieces. Um, they were awesome. They were they were so good. Oh, sorry about that. I was trying to get the uh, stats up for the Richmond game. Yeah, well, no, no, they were they were awesome. The doggies. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried about their midfield, and I'm worried about their tall forwards. Yeah, the dogs always seem to match up quite well on us in terms of their, especially their forward line worries me with Norden, Eugle Hagen, and probably Lobb as well running around. That always causes a bit of difficulties. I expect Frost probably comes back in for this one because we're going to struggle with that height. Let's talk about Frost because I've just said that their tools worry me. Now, we just played Myrocek and McStay. Now, they're not the world's best key forwards by any stretch. So, yeah, I think Sicily, Scrimshaw, and Blank could easily cover McStay and Majacek. When you put up Norton, Jamara, fresh off four goals, and Rory Lobb, who always seems to kill us, yeah, uh, Frosty still probably does need to come back. Which I hate to say because our defensive structure, like our forward structure, was the best we've seen all year. Yeah, and, and because there were we, no frost errors, and because we worked our way really well, we worked out 
weigh up the ground quite well from the defense because we have really good users back there. You don't really want Frosty kicking out from your defense much, very often. But for this one, yeah, I, I, you want to free up Sicily. So you don't want him to have to go, be held accountable to a lot more Eaglehagen or Norton. So definitely we want to play Frost this week. And when you look at last week's game, you know, Eaglehagen kicked five, Norton kicked three, and Lob kicked two. So that's, you know, 10 of their goals are kicked by their tall forwards, and that's quite scary. So, yeah, it's, it's a scary one. I mean, we're riding a high of emotion right now and optimism because we've just beat the top of the ladder. But it's still going to be a tough game. The good thing we've have, well, the thing we have going well for us is it's we play Tassie. really well at Tassie. <laughs> yeah. We don't really play really ever bad there. But they've got a good midfield. They sort of just outworked us a little bit towards the end of the last game. I expect us to maybe get some revenge on them this time. I would love a win down at Tassie this weekend. Yeah, I don't want to leak my tip for later in the show, but I'm saying that Shami needs a break. He's been subbed out the last couple games. Yeah. Um, and hasn't looked that great um, in his disposal. No, just, just I think similar with MP, just looks a little bit maybe worn out at the stage of the year. Um, and yeah. you, everyone played well on the weekend. So you're just like, who do you take out? Yeah. I'm taking out, obviously I said Mitchell, I'm also taking McKenzie out, who was the sub. Yeah. And I hate to do this. Yeah. But I'm demoting Morrison to sub. And Morrison okay. was fantastic. There's no reason for that. I just, if it's not him then I have to go Ward or McDonald and I don't want to go with them. Mm. Or I've gone with Finn, but Finn needs to tag. I don't want Finn as sub. So who's the next player in line? It's a good problem to have, isn't it? Do you you give Impey a break and maybe let him be a sub, but he plays a different role that you need him to play It'd be harsh, wouldn't it, still? Exactly. So I'm putting Morrison sub. Maybe Weddle. Does he need a break, maybe? Nah, we need his height, actually, for, for the dogs. That's it. Yeah, nah, he'll stay. But does that make oh, us too I tall? Have done that. Does that yeah, make I don't us know. too You're tall? You're probably right, team. to be honest. With you. It's harsh, but because aim, it's so harsh because Morrison Aimon had an amazing in. game. But Amon's just a like for like, and you just trust Amon to be more consistent. Yeah. Than you do Morrison, and Morrison can be a really good sub sort of player because he can play in multiple positions. He's quite useful on the outside. A little bit of a fix so. It. I actually agree with all your changes. I'm not going to make any different changes. I think Mackenzie Mitchell out, um, Amon Frost in, and Morrison to sub. I actually quite like that. Now, Finn's just come off tagging the best player in the game. Yes. Arguably the best player of the game because the other one is the Bont. Now, yeah, we saw my, th- I, um, the one I think is the best player in the game is Bont. Yeah, well, I'm, I reckon Dacos and Bont, they're different players, but they're equal in my eyes. I think Nash goes to the Bont like he did earlier in the year. Okay. Finn, I wanted him to go to Libba, but I think Libba is way too hard to tag. He's a really contested player. Gets onto it, gets his hands out really quick. I think he's a bit too hard. That I'm probably going Finn to Bailey Dale or Caleb Daniel or whoever yeah. is their halfback play creator. Okay, yeah, because Finn does tend to tag the outside players a little bit better anyway. Yeah, because they're the more damaging types, like the Kellys and stuff. And I don't so, want Finn yeah. to ruin the center bounces. Yeah, and yeah. Libba does his best work in the center bounces, yeah. but I don't want. I'd rather have our four best midfielders take the center bounces and not chuck Finn in there. Yeah. I, I like your thinking, but I'm going to still say Finn to, Finn to Bond. So not Nash to Bond? No. Okay. I'm going to still say Finn to Bond. I think Finn, after his performance last week, he's probably high on confidence right now. You come out against probably the best player in the league, kicked three goals last week, got over 30 touches. I think you got to go to Bond, chase him around. Nash can do well on him on the inside, but... Bont gets free on the end of chains and he gets out out and about. So I'd I'd be 
really trying to get into Bont's head all game. I want Finn to go to Bont this game. Is there any other areas of the Bulldogs game that really concern you? Yeah, like they can transition quite well, like a slingshot counter-attacks. Like we got to defend similar to what we did against Collingwood because I thought we were really good defending those fast transitions. I thought Collingwood would burn us on way too many counter-attacks and yeah. we did get burned out of the game. But our defensive structure was fantastic and our pressure was huge. So if I had a key to winning, which I usually do, it's going to be that pressure gauge has got to be near the elite column because... The dogs, they can get out and about and they can pile on goals on you. I watched them play the Giants a couple of weeks ago and if it hadn't been for their poor goal king, they would have played, put them away. And last week, they blitzed Richmond in a quarter of footy and the game was over. So we have to make sure that they don't get smashes in that center ball. Uh, we got to kind of play a similar way we did against the Pies, really, and just worry about their tall timber. My key is, the, is, is goal kicking accuracy and that's something okay. we've been super good at in yeah. recent weeks. Um where I think the dogs are going to be able to let us score. I don't think they're defensively the best team. They, I agree. They yeah, they're, they're a bit on... suspect, and they got some injuries there as well, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So they're just good at uh, they're good at kicking goals themselves. Yeah. Now Tassie's so unpredictable in terms of wind and weather and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's that right. If you're kicking straight, that goes a long way to winning the game, and it's something we've been able to do in recent weeks. Mm. So if we can get the scoring opportunities that we've been getting in the last few weeks, then we should be able to put the doggies away. Yeah, that's a good call. It'd be interesting. I was just thinking just then about, we're really worried about their three-pronged tall forward line, but we're playing a three-pronged tall forward line now, which is kind of nice to be on the attacking end of things. Where we look quite dangerous there um, with Lukey Bruce and Dylan Moore, the crummers. So I'm really intrigued to see how we're going to go this weekend because I reckon that we can cause their defense a lot of problems as well. Absolutely. And I mean... It's that time of year where we can't really go up a position on the ladder. We're two games behind Frio and have them in the last round. So if Frio win another game between now and then, we can't jump them. Do we use this time to blood any players for a contract, for a debut, or do we keep trying to play with some sort of momentum heading into next year? Hmm. See, it's, you asked me the wrong week because you've just come off smashing the pies at home and derailing their season and putting us high on confidence. So I, I don't think you change the team too much for this next game. But if I had to debut someone... I know who I'm debuting. Yeah. I would, you know, I'm not I, debuting. I, I really wanted to see O'Sullivan play earlier yeah. in the year as a small forward because I, I don't think that Brocky and Butler gave me enough this year to suggest that our small forwards are locked in. And when we talk about the draft and trade, we'll be having a close look, I reckon it's small forwards. Um, I, I wanted to see Jacker go around one last time to see what he has in defence for us because Frost is still suspect to me and Blank's still got a bit of way to go. I, I, honestly, there's not a lot of people bashing down the door at Box here right now that are playing good enough footy to get in. I think the ones that have, which is Bramble Morrison, uh, have got their chances recently because their form has been so good at Box Hill. I don't Bramble's think it, papers are stamped. Man. Yeah, but in all fairness to him, he did deserve the shout he got a couple of last week. Because his format box here was fantastic yeah. the time before. It just this is the nature of footy, isn't it? If you don't make your chances count when you get into the big time, then you might not be there for too long. If I'm playing any box hill player this weekend, and then it sucked that they had the buy this week, so a lot of their players might be underdone. They didn't have the match fitness from last week, but I inst- so Fro- wrong. Yes, yes, yes. Frost isn't the future. So I'm saying bring in Frost for structural reasons 
he's somewhat reliable without the ball, not with the ball, of, of course, yep. with the frost ball moments. I'm probably playing either DGB back to defence, Sarong Ooh. or Jekka. One of them. Denver. I'm playing DGB, Sarong or I don't know about that one. Jekka. I'm playing one of them. For me, Denver's probably behind Sarong right now. Well, as defender, yeah, because he's been playing forward. And then Ryan's just been... He's too sloppy. Yeah. Denver gives away freeze for just being on the field. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's earned it, has he? Like, he, if anything, he's earned his spot as a forward. But when he plays forward, he sucks at AFL level. And Sticks Ryan's come in and done better than him in two games already. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about Denver coming in. I don't think you rocked the boat too much this game, but I reckon you're right. In the next couple of games after that, because I, I don't think this next game's necessarily going to go as well as the Collingwood game is, you'd probably have to tinker with some players. It would be nice to see some more debutants this year and maybe Bailey McDonald get a couple more I'm games. I'm so surprised Cooper Stevens hasn't been It's the injuries. There's been no injuries, right? And our midfield's been too ha- good. Yeah, exactly. Who, what are you going to do? Drop Warpole National Day. Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. They don't even need, been too good. They don't even need a break. Even Wingard looked like yeah. he was out and about. And now he's taken up another spot in the team. Yeah. Because, the, the like, credit to the boys. The boys who have come in, who looked like they were gone, have all shown that they deserve, the, uh, deserve a spot. You can't drop anyone right now. It's too hard. Who's it a big week for? It's a good question. I had Dylan Moore last week, and I was pretty happy with this game. I had Finn last week. Yeah, so we, we both did pretty well, but I think you did a little bit better than me. Yeah. Um, I've got Scrimshaw this week. Yeah, nice. Coming up nice. against a tall forward line. He got dropped two weeks ago, and I was pretty upset when he did, but I sort of understood it. I didn't think he was amazing on form. Yeah. I saw him play at Box Hill the week after. He was He excellent. was BOG, and he was everywhere, and he was clearly above the level. And then he came in last week. Played the best had- game of the year. This key moment, his best game good. of the year this week. He's very handy with the ball. His defensive um, efforts, I guess you could say, have increased. So Scrimshaw is my watch for this game, especially in the game where we need him to be good defensively because their tall forwards could rip us to shreds this game. I'm going with Cozzy. I like it. We both sort of picked those, uh, you know, sort of medium-sized or tallish sort of supporting role so players. He plays well in Tassie. He does, doesn't he, actually? He could get off the leash with Ryan and Lewis mm. both in the same form. Yeah, line. it's interesting you say that because I think he's been a bit of a decoy yeah. this year. Like, he's a secondary ruck, and he did do well in that secondary ruck spot. I'll say that. Meek was stiff to get dropped, but uh, they used Cozzy very well as that secondary ruck. But he's um he's been kind of a decoy, like sort of that player who crashes the packs but doesn't really get on the end of much goal. So I like this call. I just think he's playing for a contract. If he kicks five this week, it's like, well, you kind of, it'd be rude not to give him a contract kind of thing. Is like, he out of contract? I don't know. I think he might be, yes. I thought he might have another year. I don't know about it. He's on the chopping block. I think, yeah. I, I, I th- it's hard because, yeah, like we come off this win and I think we've got rose-coloured glasses on. Absolutely. But Cozzy's year has been okay at best, I think. I think he's been very competitive this year. Yeah, I think he's always been decently competitive. No, but there's been times where he hasn't been able to bring the ball to ground and he's been okay. outmarked. Yeah. This year's been a little bit different. But don't you need a secondary tall who can actually take clunks and kick multiple goals a game? Yeah, and Brendan Like, Ryan realistically, when you think of Cozzy... If you put him in any other team in the league other than North or West Coast, would he be a starting 22 player? Yeah. You just. reckon? Which team? He'd be North or West Coast. Oh, wait. Did you say other, other than, than North, North or West Coast? Coast? Free Obers, I don't really have anyone. Okay. Am- him Fair and Amos enough. would be their forwards. Fair enough. But let's be honest. I mean, Jago Mira gets into that team easy. And <laughs> True. What's he done all year? Who are you tipping? Hawthorne. Yeah, same. What's your margin? Five points. 
Uh, I'm, I'm a bit more romantic. I've gone Hawthorne by one point. Tazzy Thriller. Jesus. And in brackets, I have written, could be a goal after the siren. Well, we're both in a, within a goal. But Jesus, what are you, what are you doing to me? You're going to give me a cardiac arrest I have the never, with you. So we have never won a game after the siren since Ben Dixon kicked that goal in 2001 against It Carl. sounds like you want this to happen. <laughs> like, I, I get I've the romantic side it. of it, I've but Jesus, like... And, and in my head, in my manifestation, in my head, it's Cozzy or Ryan kicking the winning goal after the siren. You heard it here first, folks. So if, if it happens... we get a goal after the siren, the Hawthorne fan cast predicted it. James predicted it on Hawthorne fan cast. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. I just think that that could happen. There you go. Well, I mean, I don't not hope that happens, but I also don't want the heart attack that goes with it. No, absolutely. Yeah. And and I don't trust either of those guys yet on a set shot. We, we, we've, got, we've got a few more games left for us the year. The worst thing I reckon that can happen is if we climb a ladder position. Oh, absolutely. So there, there is that, like, secondary thing in my mind. It's like, I want to win this weekend, definitely. Okay, okay, okay. So, Cozzy or Ryan has a set shot to win a goal after Siren. Are you telling me they need to miss it? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> like, painting a picture. Like, if we win this week... And then we play, I think, Freo after that. Do we? Or is no, we play Melbourne, then Freo. Melbourne, then Freo. Okay, we won't be Melbourne, so we should be fine. <laughs> but let's say if we did beat Melbourne, right? And we play Freo in the last round. That would probably make us jump them if we won all three of those games. Absolutely. And I'd rather beat Freo just because they're Freo and we're celebrating our 2013 premiership. Well, wouldn't Melbourne be a good win as well? I mean, imagine yeah. if we came through the end of the year and we beat Brisbane, Collingwood and Melbourne. That's like three of the top four teams. Yeah, true. It's, it pretty much means that whoever wins the grand final will probably beat them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's an interesting point, but um, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Should we get into... Um, some trades? Some trades, yeah. Some Absolutely. Other. And there's a few names flo- just floating around. Yeah, there is. Um, that, we're, that we're linked to in the offseason. Most notably, Liam Ryan's been one of them. Recently, Liam Henry from Frio uh-huh. is another. We've been linked to Zach Fisher. We've been... Uh, linked to a young star on Zach Fisher, yeah, please. Same young star from Freo, Kyle Loman. He looks all right. Yep. Um, Jake Riccardi has been a big one, who would be an okay second tour. He's probably faded a little bit throughout the year. Yeah, I don't know if he's done quite enough to suggest he's. It's like a definite for me, but honestly, when it comes to key position talent, I'd probably take anyone right now just for yeah. depth reasons. Because I mean, if you think about logically, like if Cosy gets injured, we're down to two. And Brent Ryan's still very raw. Or if Ryan gets injured, he's still down at two. Like, I think we need more depth in that position. So, I take anyone, really. And then the other the other two are forward. Asava, Radigalia, and Bailey Smith. And in recent weeks, it could be... Oh, Nick Haynes is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ben King. Yeah, Ben King's a really tasty one for me, I think. Now, me with Ben King's an interesting one because... He's out of contract. He's not a free agent, but he's out of contract next year. Now, we're apparently got a war chest full of money that I have a feeling that no other club is going to be able, including Gold Coast, to match our offer for banking money-wise. I reckon we can throw the absolute treasure chest at him, the war chest of money that we have. And do you think he's worth it, though? Next year. I think he is worth it. Okay. But he's not worth it this year when we're going to have to give up some draft picks or some players along with that mm-hmm. money. Yeah. 
I would rather just pay for it's it. It's probably a good call. I don't think we need year. to rush the gun we're too not, quickly, don't we? We're probably not making finals next yeah. year. Well, let's just say we're not making finals. That's not on the plans. The plans is to push for it. I don't think the plans is to be a top eight side next year, but maybe the year after. Hmm. Wait one year. Be patient. I know it's so nice to hear that we could have Ben King and Mitch Lewis in the same forward line as soon as next year. Perfect age, both of them to start in that forward line but please I'm not giving up more than what we need because he's also not 100% proven yeah he's a good player he's kicked 40 odd goals this year but he's not there yet yeah I think you're right I don't think we need to rush the gun with any of these players and risk throwing away precious draft picks or anything like that so you're probably right the one I'm more interested in is that Nick Haynes deal yes, right now yes. because there looks like there's going to be another potential salary dump similar to what happened with that Gold Coast player last year, Jack Bowles. Um, so, it's do, can we get a tasty draft pick and Haynes and take the money away from Giants? Jack Bowles. God, I hope he can pass. Did I get the name wrong? Jack Bowes. Bowes. My bad. God. There you go. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that, that's one of those like golden ones where you can get a high draft pick take their salary off them and also take Nick Haynes, which would like, even though Nick Haynes has dropped off a little bit, he's still going to be a useful player. If we, if we have him, he's better than Frost, surely. So Nick Haynes is currently on a mil at the yeah. Giants or maybe even It's nothing point. for us. We got, yeah. we got money shooting out of our... Maybe even 1.2. Now I'm not taking Nick Haynes if they don't throw in a first round. No, nah, that's, uh, that's the, I should have prefaced that. There needs to be that draft pick in it. Yeah. I'm taking that. Yeah. Because in the draft, and I know we're talking trades, but that, coincidences with draft. I'm taking Nick Watson and Zane Dersma as yeah. goal kicking midfielders. I know they're more forwards. Isn't Nick Watson more of a small forward? Yeah, they're more forwards and mids. I think they've got they both got the ability. I think Nick Watson's just maybe a little bit too small to ever be a genuine midfielder. Yep. But think about the weekend and the scores we put on the board and what would happen if we just had two genuine Natural forwards that were elite, yeah, top top ten. I like the Nick Watson one because Brockman, I think, is all but gone, and we need a Bruce replacement. Bruce isn't infinite; he's not going to play till he's eighty years old. You say that, but at the moment, he's uh, (laughs) average goals of games increasing by every season, and his form doesn't seem to be dropping at all. But you're right; like we need more talent in that small forward section, and Wingard on that note is also old, and who knows if he's actually at the club next year. Brockman is all but gone, in my opinion. If he wanted to sign, he probably would have. At least we're shopping him around and looking for something for him. Uh, that small forward needs to get filled out quite well. And that's why I'm guessing we're linked to Zach Fisher and Liam Ryan. But I can't see Zach Fisher or Ryan coming to our club. No, I don't think they're the players we need to be targeting. So I'll be happy with an off-season if we get McCabe, Watson, Dersma. Yeah, McCabe's a definite. McCabe, Watson, Dersma. Yep. They're the three I'm trying... I don't, I don't want McKercher as good as he's going to be. I don't think we need another mid. I think we're stocked up. Yeah. I don't think we need another one. What if I think Warple we're fine. was to go? Only if, but if Warple's to go, then I, I think we might even make a hard play for Bailey Smith. And that's like for like. Gen- Here's a question for you then. If Warple came, went out and Bailey Smith came in, would you like that? Because Warple's the one that still intrigues me because his form is amazing right now and no one wants to get rid of him. But he hasn't signed a contract yet. We've put a contract in front of him, apparently. Yeah. 
So I don't really know what's going it, on. Okay, okay. To answer your original question, Warpool for Smith, would you be happy with it? It's like for like, like it softens the blow. Like if Warpool leaves, it's like, oh, we've got Bailey Smith. Like they're similar. I, th- I think I rate Warpool a little bit more currently just because he's more inside and we've got some nice inside talent that Bailey Smith probably isn't like for like in terms of the inside stuff. Okay. He's, he's, he's just as damaging, yeah. if not more damaging. And he's I, a bit I, of a, I wouldn't mind Bailey at the club. He's an energizer bunny at times as well. Yeah. Um, but back to originally, I said, if we get McCabe, Dersma, Watson, Haynes, and one of Smith, Asava Radical. Anything else you want with that? Ryan, Henry, <laughs> that would be perfect. And yeah. no, I, I know I'm asking for way too much. No, I'm like, it'd be nice. You're selling me a dream right now. Yeah. Uh, it'd be a fantastic off season, considering that I don't really think we're trying to hit the off season and free agency period really till next season. We're more looking at the draft this one. But I do think we need to be somewhat players of the draft just to make sure we uh, can fill in some positional needs because clearly we're getting away from these older sort of players like Frost who aren't going to be there forever. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's about who actually leaves the club at the end of the year as well. And I don't think that I think that's one of the hardest things to predict. At the we'll, we'll have point. it. We'll definitely cover that in a in an upcoming podcast because there's gonna be some massive calls at the end of this year. You can already see it coming. I reckon there's gonna be one or two players we really like leaving, and one starts with a B and ends with a N. Do you have a wish list before we finish up of players I want? Yeah. Who? What? What? What do you want this off season to be? Do you want it to be focused on the draft? Do you want us to have uh, I think really- I think you go to the draft again. Yeah. It's worked really well for us the last couple of years. I don't think we need to be in too much of a rush because our players, our list is all still quite young. So we don't need to be rushing older players. I wouldn't mind getting just a really good key defender in just to steady the ship because I don't think we can... I, I don't think the inconsistency issue is going to go down with our current defense still. Yeah, we need a It was our best defensive performance, but we're not going to have every game where we're only coming up against Majacek and McStay. Johnson and McStay. Yeah. So... Yeah, that needs to be sorted out. And I wouldn't mind Watson is a big one for me. I think having a small forward, elusive forward, we need to cover because we've only got Dylan Moore, who's more of a high half forward, and Luke Bruce, who, as you did mention, is getting on a bit. So, yeah, that's all on my wish list. Um, But, yeah. Where can you find us? Uh, On all your podcasting uh, hosting platforms, Spotify, Apple Pod, Google, all that sort of stuff. And you can also find us on any social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, yeah, anything else for you, mate? No, I'm just looking forward to next week. I think we're both gassed, aren't we, mate? That big Hawk jersey was fantastic to see in the crowd. How have we not mentioned that? Yeah, retro round was fantastic, by the way. We We killed that. We really should have mentioned that. How good was that? I I want to see us wear the jersey more often. Okay, well, Bulldogs have a retro Guernsey. Wear it this week against them. Oh, we should make a deal with them. And then Freo have just released one as well. Wear that against them. Oh, is it it the green? No, they have um, the pinstripes. It's like the tricolours. Yeah, I don't know. I'll show you later. Pajamas. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> well, good. Well, Hawks fans, we hope you love this episode of the Hawthorne Fancast. It was a fun one. We loved the game on the weekend, and we'll see you for next week. As always, go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>